Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And our special guest today is Sister Joseph Marie, Vocations Director for Mullenhome. So we're going to talk about not only her vocation story in a little bit, but I want to find out a little bit more to inform people about Mullenhome. What is it? When did it start? Your Saint, Saint John Jagan. John Jagan. She was only uh, canonized. Within the last couple of years, 2009, right? 2009, October 11th. Oh, that long ago. Okay. Yes. Well, as, yes. as, as with most of my things, I'm usually way off. So Time goes by I'm quickly. Gl- I'm glad I'm consistent. Uh, so, sister, can you talk a little bit about Mullenholm, when it got started, you know, how St. John Jagan got this ministry going back in, what, the 1800s, was it? Yes. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here, and thank you for having us, the little sisters of the poor here. The Little Sisters of the Poor is an international congregation for women religious founded by St. Jean Chugan in 1839. St. Jean Chugan knew from an early age that God wanted her for himself. She would say when someone would ask her for her hand in marriage, God wants me for himself. He's keeping me for a work which is not yet founded, a work which is not yet known. So she did not know what or where or how God would use her. But she trusted and she continued to care for the elderly poor and deepened her prayer life until one winter night in 1839, she was moved with compassion when she found a poor blind paralytic woman in the streets. So she carried her literally through the streets of France and placed her in her own bed. And this simple gesture was the initial spark of our congregation. Wow. I mean, talk about uh, living out the uh, life of the church and the corporal works of mercy. That's a great start, yeah. Oh, it must have been beautiful. And today we serve the elderly in over 30 countries around the world and count on a diverse network of collaborators to help us fulfill our mission. As it says in our mission statement, we offer the neediest elderly of every race and religion a home where they will be welcomed as Christ, cared for as a family, and accompanied with dignity until God calls them home to himself. Well, we live in this culture of death, right? We hear euthanasia trying laws trying to be passed state after state. So it's so refreshing to hear somebody who's taking care of the elderly as they get older and they can die in a loving environment and with great dignity. Oh, yes. And it's such a privilege. And our vision is to contribute to the culture of life by nurturing communities where each person is valued the solidarity of human family, and the wisdom of age are celebrated, and the compassionate love of Christ is shared with all. Because once the residents come into our home, they brighten up, they engage in meaningful activities that have been lost throughout the years, but yet once they come, they, they seem to recapture that youthfulness and that meaningfulness of their life. 
Well, because you have a, a culture of community, right? I mean, we're all communal beings. Yes. And to be, you know, how many times do we hear that seniors are isolated? Even their family don't doesn't even reach out to them. So to come to a loving community, I mean, it's probably like a flower blossoming almost. And talking about families, you know, once the residents get there and they, uh, it's time for the um, feast days or anything or holidays, at first they want to go home with their families. But then when they come back and hear what all the other residents have experienced, the next year they don't want to go with their families. They want to stay with, the, with us. Families can come visit them, but they're not going to visit the families. <laughs> that right? is right. That is right. And our values of reverence for human life, compassion, family spirit, and humble service and stewardship are the gospel values, which is the flame which lived in the heart of Jean Jugan. And we hope to continue to make this flame uh, not extinguish in our lives. Well, these gospel values, you've been living them here in Denver for over 100 years, right? You just celebrated your 100th anniversary. Was it 17 or 18? 19, 18, 1917. Yeah, yeah. And I saw on your website that the first patient came in 2000 or 1918. Yes. Um, So you've been living these values here for 100 years, and I'm guessing some people listening to us still don't know that you guys are here in town. So how many seniors do you, can you accommodate at your facility? We care for 67 residents. We have 17 independent in the apartment residents, and then 42 in nursing. Right. And five assisted living. And there is um, a waiting list because we are for the nonprofit. Right. We are for the low income. Right. Those who do not have the means because we consider that there are so many nursing homes out there that if they have the means, they can apply at that other nursing home because they would be taking the place of a poor person right. that would really need it, right. an elderly poor person. And so a word that gives meaning to our life as little sisters of the poor is the word accompaniment. We accompany our residents from the moment they come into the door until the moment when God calls them home to himself. We accompany them through their joys, through their sorrows, through their expectations, through their loneliness. We walk hand in hand with our residents as if it were Jesus Christ himself whom we were accompanying. Because it is. It is, right. yes. Right. Yes. And at the moment of death, we strive not to let a resident die alone. We're there at the bedside. We pray by their bedside. We sing. We send them off. We give them a celestial send-off. We sing the Sabe Regina or the Hail Mary. Oh, nice. And It, it is just so beautiful. And um, there are so many activities that the residents can engage in, which makes their life more meaningful. And I'll tell you a story about a resident that came in recently, and she was depressed. And she used to love to crochet. Right. So then we thought of the idea, since Christmas was approaching, that if she could make uh, crochet hats for the employees, 
So she made about 106 hats. Wow. Wow, yeah. Despite the fact that she would also go to the activities, but she loved doing them. And so when the employees came up to her after Christmas and says, oh, thank you for the hat, it just gave her so much joy. And now we're trying to find another project for her. Well, with crocheting, you can always find something, right? Yes. Even if it's for you know baby blankets or whatever it may be. My guess is people would love to have that. People love that handmade. Yes. And then another resident who came in recently, his history was um, painting and drawing. So we found a niche in the home where he could have his drawings and paint whenever he wanted to and that brings him joy and in regards to the home we've been there 102 years and it was a property donated by jk molan in memorial of his wife Catherine molan okay that's where molan home comes from right? that's where molan home comes from because it's called molan home sacred heart home little sisters the poor but it's all the same Right. So if somebody wanted to find out more, I want to give a couple opportunities while we're talking today. What's the website that people can go to to find out more about what you do and your great ministry? Oh, they can come to our website or go to our website at www.littlesistersofthepoordenver.org. Yeah, and I... You know, I'm lazy, so I go on Google and just type in Little Sisters of the Poor Denver and everything pops up for me. So you can use that route, too. Or they could call if they want to, right? What's the phone number? Yes. The phone number is 303-433-7221. Okay. So I would, I would imagine when people come, do they know what they're expecting or are they just so pleasantly surprised? It's like, wow, what a breath of fresh air. I think... It's that last one you said. They're so so surprised because the family spirit reigns in our homes. It reigns in our homes all over the world, no matter where you are. Right. Uh, I've been in Colombia, France, Spain, and I recently came from Peru. And the family spirit is the legacy of St. Jean Jugan. So that reigns in the heart of each little sister. And we try to imbue this spirit to our employees and those who collaborate with us so that they can be the extension of our hands and reach out to others with that same spirit of St. Sean Jukan. You're listening to Respect Life Radio. Our special guest today is Sister Joseph Marie, and we're giving her a workout. You know, we're, we're really putting her to the test, and she is passing with flying colors. Uh, you know, it's such a great ministry. Um, you know, we continue, we see the aged population continue to grow and grow and grow. We see it at our shelters. I mean, we run an overflow for women, and 30 to 40% of the 200 women we serve a night are 60 years old and older. Wow. You know, it's gotten so expensive to live here in Denver. Um, and unfortunately, we live in a culture where we don't really value life especially the end of life. And I think you mentioned it before, you know, they have such wisdom, people, as they age. And so what you're doing, be able to provide a home, a community, uh, and you're open to everyone, you said, right? doesn't matter what faith you are or even if you have faith, right? That's right. And if they aren't Catholic, we provide, they provide their minister to come and visit them. 
and we do have the chapel, which is the center of our life. And you receive the Eucharist in the chapel, and then right as soon as you leave the chapel, you go and witness or minister to the resident himself or herself. And you have Mass every day of the week? Every day at 11 o'clock and on Sundays at 10.30. Do you have a priest on staff, or do you just get various priests come in? How does that work? Well, we are blessed to have a chaplain. Oh, great. Father Tom Paulson, okay. who is a Dominican priest. Okay. And so he comes every day, and then um, he is replaced by another priest. Okay. Well, there and the Robert Dominicans Bailey. are real close to where you are, right? Yes, Father St. Dominic's over there, so that part's great. But to have Mass, have you seen people who've come in— with little or no faith, and then they see this community and you can see their faith blossom. Have you seen that happen? Yes. Since I've been in quite a few homes, I'll tell you an experience that happened. She was Baptist. Okay. And she had been in the home for some years and she wanted to um, convert to Catholicism. But her health was failing. And so finally, she her family had decided, yes, she may. So then she converted and she received Holy Communion on the same day, confession and the sacrament of the sick. Okay, anointing, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then Father, he left the stole on her by mistake and she didn't want to take it off. (laughs) No, no, the staff went in there to help her get dressed and no no this is my stole this is my stole so the next day father she went and met father again and then he took the stole off her but that evening she died wow wow what a, what she a, was so happy with her stole well and to you know to die in that state of grace we all wish we we could yes. go that way, right? Yes. I mean, what a beautiful story. I imagine with all your homes throughout the world, I mean, that story's probably repeated over and over again, even, uh, you know, whoever comes into the house. I mean, when you come into a place of love, it just melts your heart, right? That's right. You are just um, contaminated by it. and In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. And you want to experience this love reaches to everyone. So if somebody was interested in getting their loved one into the facility, uh, would they just go on the website, go on like admissions? How, how best to do that? The best way is to contact our admission coordinator Okay. through the phone that we have just given. Okay. And that phone number again is 303-433-7221. Yes. And there are volunteer opportunities also you know we for families and kids that always want to come you know with um so we have something once a couple of months called cookies and milk Hmm. and so the families i'm getting hungry already sister (laughs) the families come with their children and it is so precious to see the residents with the little children and the children um, interacting with the residents and the families. And it's an opportunity for the families to get to know the little sisters and the home. Right. And an opportunity for the little children to share, to give, 
not always to receive. Well, they need to learn that lesson, right? All of us. All of us need to remind ourselves of that. But you mentioned uh, volunteering. So are there a lot of volunteer opportunities for individuals? Do you have a volunteer coordinator they can reach out to? Yes, we have a volunteer coordinator, and she can help you figure out the best way for you, for the person to serve our residents so, so as not to be an overflowing... Right, right. So you know the needs of your residents, but if somebody were to call up and say, hey, you know, I've been blessed with this gift or that gift, bring it up, right? Because there may be an opportunity to make that work or not, but at least bring it up, right? That would be a good idea, yes. And to contact our volunteer coordinator because she coordinates everything so as to make sure it's suitable for both sides. So are you always looking for volunteers or you're doing pretty good? What is what is the status of your volunteer needs? We are always looking for volunteers. Yes, for different um, things, serving the dining room, taking the residents to their various appointments. There's always a need. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's a big need. Uh, And, you know, we have so many people, uh, you know, as we continue through this Lenten season, it's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. You know, what a better place to to look at that, to not only pray for you sisters and everybody at the home, but to be able to offer their time, treasure, and talent would be, I'm guessing, very much welcomed. Yes, yes. And we also have um, opportunities for young women discerning the religious life. We have opportunities for retreats, come and see and also we have this program called Spring Into Service, and it's an opportunity to experience service with the elderly. They go um, apply to our website for placement for the different homes because there's a little sister who coordinates everything. Okay. And they receive a stipend, which will help them for their college or whatever. And as parents, we like little help for college, (laughs) all we can get. That is true. And so they're able to help out in the home and fill in on vacation with the staff and everything. So I I don't think I mentioned in the beginning. If I did, I forget, and I have a very short-term memory. But Sister Joseph Marie is also the vocational director. Is that that true? Yes. Okay, so if a young girl was interested in or felt like God was calling her to explore the little sisters more, should they contact you? What's the process for that? That's a great idea. And we do have our website, which is VC vocation coordinator, Mm -hmm. Denver at little sisters of the org. They can always go on our website and click on that link. But either way they can get to you. Yes. Now, you have an interesting vocation story yourself, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Every life is very interesting. Every vocation is very interesting. And one of the sayings of St. Sanjugan, she has several sayings, but one is very um, dear to my heart. It's, it is so good to be poor, to have nothing, to wait on God for everything. And in my life, in my vocation story... I have lived that to the core, I think, or I try <laughs> to live it because... That describes you to a T, evidently, right? <laughs> because I am originally from Denver, Colorado. I grew up in Denver, and I had six, sis- five sisters, one brother in heaven, one sister in heaven. And my mother 
was one of the first employees at the home. Oh, wow. At Little Sisters. And she worked there for about 30 years. And so that is how we got to know the home. You kind of grew up with that as part of your life. Yes. All and, right. Neat. And, and we only lived about three blocks away from the home on Mead Street. Oh, so you got to walk. Yes. Wow. And so my sisters were all older than me, and they volunteered till all hours of the night. And at that time, the sisters didn't have employees. You know, it was all volunteer. It was it was all the sisters doing all the, work. the sisters doing it. Okay, all the sisters they would buff the floor with those machines. Yeah, yeah. They would uh, care for the resident because at that time, you know, they didn't have regulations. Right. You know, anyone could right. put a resident to bed. So my sisters would go there and help, and they'd stay till all hours of the night. And so myself or my mother and someone would accompany to bring our sisters home. Well, anyway, the doors were locked and everything. They'd jump over the fence <laughs> and they'd say, oh, mama, we had so much fun doing this. We had so much fun doing this. And I says, oh, mama, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? She said, no, you're too young. You're too young. I was too young. <laughs> and so finally she got tired of me asking. So she asked um, Mother Superior if I can go with her on Sunday, on Saturdays. And so she took me in the kitchen in the kitchen, which I deplored. Well, anyway, she had me toasting the bread and buttering the toast. And anytime she walked into the refrigerator or turned her back, I would walk up the back stairwell to the in, to the residence where they had their You're a little sneaky, weren't you? <laughs> where they had their dining room and everything. So I'd go there and comb the residents' hair and talk to them. And so I fell in love with that. And as time went on, I'd continue doing that. And I went to college and high school, college and everything, worked, um, dated, didn't find my fulfillment. Right. So, so then finally, I said, well, maybe God is calling me to himself. But before that, one of my sisters, uh, well, all of my sisters, this one sister we receive, uh, we go on family visits once a year. Right. So her family from New York would come, and she had a whole slew of nephews. Right. So then that sister, she would pray in the garden, and I'd be attracted by her prayerfulness and her joyfulness. So then that same sister attracted me to my vocation, and she attracted my sister to her husband. They were married 50 years. You both found your vocations, just <laughs> yeah. different vocations. Yes. And so one of my sisters was married at the home. Another um, niece and nephew were baptized. So there is a close connection with the home. It's like the family business. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you a riot? <laughs> and so as when I entered, I went to Columbia. Okay. For a couple of years. And then after that, I went to Spain. I was in Spain 17 years. Went to France for my final vows before that. And just last year, I had the privilege of founding a home in um, Peru. Okay. Because we do have a home in Peru, but it's been there 10 years. And this home was near the portion of Lima, side of Lima. Okay. And no one knew us. So there were four sisters, and we had a look for residents to make it a foundation. So right. finally, we... Yeah, a home without residents really wouldn't be much of a home, right? No, yeah. no. So finally, we found the 
the residents who wanted to come and be cared for. And so then that's when the foundation began. Okay. So, so we'd go out begging, knocking on the doors. Like St. Jean Jugan, it was really a privilege walking in her footsteps because no one knew us. And we'd walk the streets and sometimes they wouldn't believe us. But yet the priest at the chapel at the parish would mention that the sisters would be passing. So then as time went on, they got to know us, they got to love us and appreciate us. And we have at our um, entrance of the home a statue of St. John Jugan with the list of needs that, that we need. So then as soon as we put it up, a visitor neighbor came in and saw it and then brought in everything that we needed. And it was so beautiful. You could have saved yourself a lot of walking on the streets. All you had to do was put up the sign. (laughs) (laughs) But that wouldn't have sufficed. No, 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 that wouldn't have. I mean, that's a great story. And I think all people need to be open to, you know, the Lord calling them into whatever it is. And, you know, maybe some of our listeners today, the Lord's calling them to help support Mullen Home, to help volunteer at Mullen Home, to find out more about it, or try to get a loved one in there and contact the admission. So the phone number is 303-433-7221. That's the number for Mullen Home. Or what's the website again, sister, so I don't mess it up? www.littlesistersofthepoordenver.org. You know, it's just so great to hear of a loving community. You know, we just hear so many bad things in the world today. And to know that, you know, people like yourself, sister, are dedicating their lives to serve those at the end of their lives in such a loving and a communal way. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody just can't fall in love with what you're doing. My happiness is being a little stir the poor. And if I ever had to do it again, I'd do the same thing. Well, that means you made the right decision, right? And you're back in Denver on top of everything else. Talk about going full circle. Totally providential. That's amazing. And so, again, if people are interested, I highly encourage them to contact or get on the website to find out more about Little Sisters of the Poor here in Denver. Find out about great volunteer opportunities, how you can support them financially, and how you can be there for them, especially in prayer. We all need prayer. So thank you, sister, for coming by today. It's been such a joy hearing about all that you do. And uh, again, thank you for your ministry and all that the little sisters do. Oh, thank you also. And before we go, I forgot to mention that we do parish visitations, and it's an amazing opportunity to encounter amazing people who help us out because without them we cannot do the work so when you see the little sisters of the poor coming to your parish get the checkbook out (laughs) pray about it and give them a nice donation god bless